everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Cast, the official podcast of Yinzcam, the mobile app and software developer based in Pittsburgh. We're doing something a little different this time. It's our first ever video Zoom podcast, and we're doing it. We've got a lot of friends, a lot of my friends here, a number of our NBA teams joining us who are all participating in the Shot Clock Challenge, which we'll tell you about here in just a minute. Um, but first, I am Jeremy McPeak, and I want to also introduce Micah Kamla. Micah was actually our first ever guest on the Yinzcast back when he was still uh, with the Houston Rockets. And uh, Micah has joined the Yinzcam team here in recent months. Micah, do you want to just uh, quickly introduce yourself, tell them what you did with the Rockets and what you're doing now? Yeah, sure. So uh, Micah Kamla, for, for everybody watching, uh, Director of Client uh, Relations and Business Development at Yinzcam. Uh, I've been there for almost six months now. Um, but, uh, prior to, as Jeremy mentioned, I was at the Rockets for five years, um, where I managed a lot of their, uh, digital platforms. So primarily web and then mobile app as well. So, um, we did a number of, uh, of neat things there during my tenure, at least I think they're neat cause I did them. Uh, but, uh, you know, we rolled out, uh, F and B, uh, really early on when that was a relatively new product for Yinscam. Uh, we were one of the first to market on that one. Um, we've kind of switched that up to do more of a beer me thing. There's been a, a number of advancements there um, just in, the, in terms of product offering at Yanscam uh, and then some of the levers that we were willing um, to pull with them uh, during my time there. So um, it was it was five years at the Rockets and uh, just recently stepped off to join Yanscam because they're a great group over there. Been nothing but impressed. Um, so that was a, a big reason for me to move over and, and, and try something out Uh maybe outside of my technical role. So happy to be here. I'm really excited to have everybody, like all of my old MBAers here. I'm so excited to continue to work with you guys. You've been great um, and, and excited to, to see what's what's next for us. So I'll let uh, whoever wants to jump in next, uh, tell us who you are and uh, who you work for and, and what you're all about. Why don't we go in alphabetical order of teams? So we'll start with uh, the Boston Celtics and my guy, Bill Ramos, former, former co-worker at the Suns. And so always good to uh, reconnect with you, Bill. Absolutely. So yeah, as Jeremy said, I'm Bill Ramos. Uh, I'm the Director of Digital Development and Innovation at the Boston Celtics. Um, I actually started with them part-time 2010-11 season, got poached by Jeremy to go to uh, the Suns, the Valley of the Sun for a year. And then after that, they stole me back in Boston and I've been there ever since. So I handle kind of website, mobile app, um, kind of any custom development that we do, I've got my hands in. It's fun. And once Bill left, I knew I had to go to. Um, so let's see. Uh, next, Georgia with the Cavaliers. Hey, what's up, guys? I, uh, I'm Georgia Spoonis. I joined the Cavs during quarantine. So it's been a, a hot second, a.k.a. two months. And uh, I am the director of digital product and web services there. I really like uh, Bill's title. So my advocate for, a, for an adjustment. <laughs> Uh, and previous to the Cavs, I was at Team Canada, so activating uh, digital for the Olympics uh, in Canada. So wow. that's the history and excited to jump over to the NBA world with all you guys. Awesome. Well, welcome. We look forward to meeting you in person. Uh, Beth, an, my old friend with the New Orleans Pelicans and also the, uh, also the New Orleans Saints, just saw you in March in Pittsburgh for our NFL Summit, but um, unfortunately, we won't be having our NBA Summit this month like we had planned, but uh, good to see you on the Zoom. 
Yeah, uh, no emphasis on that old there, but that's good. Um, yeah, no, we, uh, yeah, Beth Blackburn, uh, been with the New Orleans Pelicans for 12 years now, um, manager of our digital platform. So oversee both our apps and um, our websites for actually both teams on the NBA and NFL side. Um, been there through the Hornet stays back in 2008. So like to say that I've been through everything you can throw at us, you know, name changes, owner changes, you know, players coming and going, everything, you know, you name it and we've tackled it. So um, glad to be here and, you know, chat with y'all. And I'm very jealous you get to work with my uh, oldest friend in the NBA, David Griffin. He and I started... He and I started as interns together at the Suns in 92, and, and now he's running the uh, organization there in New Orleans. So he's gone a little further than I have. Um, Bailey with the Knicks, up next. Yeah, great transition from Beth. My title with the Knicks is also Digital Platforms Manager. Um, I oversee all of our web and app work, both from a content strategy standpoint and also um, from a platform development standpoint. Uh, I do not have 12 years of tenure like Beth. I've been with the Knicks for a little over a year and a half now. So, um, you know, really getting into the groove of, of getting comfortable with the team. And uh, I started in November of 2018. And uh, based on how this year has gone, I still have yet to complete one full season with the Knicks. <laughs> but uh, looking forward to either hopefully doing that this summer or, or next year. But yeah, it's uh, been a great run so far and um, been great working with Yinscam and, and all of these guys here. We hope you will at least get to complete the uh, shot clock challenge season, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, Joseph Crawl with the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, um, just crawl manager of digital products. Much, much like you guys, I do um, web app, oversee all that. This is my 11th season with the team. Uh, my first stint in the NBA was actually with the Hornets um, when they relocated from New Orleans during Katrina. So about 12 years of experience, I guess, total. Uh, but yeah. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. And uh, Sean Haspel with the Phoenix Suns. Sean, and you and I haven't even met in person yet. We're in the same city, but uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to uh, one of these days. Yeah, hopefully a quarantined hello to you, right. Jeremy. Um, yeah, Sean Haspel, Digital Operations Manager with the Phoenix Suns. I've been there uh, a little over a year and a half now. Um, and before that, I spent about a year learning under the notorious Beth Blackburn in New Orleans. I really sharpened my teeth there. So, uh, hello, Beth. Um, but yeah, I, I liaison between our uh, digital department and our marketing teams and our sponsorship groups, helping to activate all their uh, digital campaigns and really just kind of running the day-to-day -day of our, our site and, web and, uh, and mobile app. So um, love Yinscam. Um, you guys have been a great partner for us and uh, loving the Shot Clock Challenge so far. Awesome. Let's see the shirt. Oh, yeah. Got to represent. Look at that. Yeah. Is, that a, is that a Weibo shirt? Or what? Yeah. Yeah. We um, worked with a uh, team in China to uh, – Send, send some over to some fans over there. So nice. uh, hopefully the translation is, is correct. So. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, and l last but not least, Chris Gehring with the Washington Wizards, um, who also works with a former coworker of mine, Hunter Lockman, um, SVP of, or CMO, I think. Um, please tell Hunter hi, one of my favorite bosses I ever had. For sure. Yeah. I texted him just saying I was going to be on here and that you said hello already, but, um, awesome. Yeah. Chris, Chris Gehring with, uh, the Washington wizards. Um, I'm our senior manager of digital 
um, focusing on product. So web and app, just like pretty much everybody in here. Um, and just like the lead call, the wizards are the last in the roll call. So, you know, I feel right at home. I'm looking forward to it. and happy to be here. I should have gone backwards just for you. Maybe, maybe <laughs> right. I'm not- no, it would have thrown me off. I can't do that. I have to be the last one to stay here. I don't know. I kind of feel like I, I would benefit from being last because I'm always like one or two minutes late and I'm always have to be like at the end, like, oh, no, Boston's here too. Boston's here too. Like, you know, <laughs> sure. We I always, always jump in right around Toronto and we're ready to go. Nice. Good plan. <laughs> well, again, thank you all for joining us. Um, let's kick things off, tip things off, excuse me. Um, got a question. Anyone can answer this, but tell me what's the last, I guess anyone but Georgia can answer this because she it, it can't, doesn't really apply to her. What, what's this last couple months been like for you guys? What's the adjustment period been like for you? Um, I can start. It's been, uh, it's been different. I have the kind of unique experience of having been remote for a year already. So I've kind of like when everyone started moving remote, it wasn't a big uh, change in my day-to-day activities Uh, just because, you know, a lot of the, um, a lot of the same stuff that I was doing already, I'm still doing. What's really changed is kind of the way the business as a whole is operating. And I'm sure that you guys are seeing it too. I haven't been busier in my job in a long time because now everything that we were doing, all the partnership uh, deals that we had that were supposed to be arena based or um, physical banner based, things like that. Now we're all pivoting to digital because we signed these contracts. We owe these people um, an asset, but the only thing we can deliver is something that we can deliver on the website of the mobile app. So it's, uh, it's interesting in that our partnerships has, has kind of pivoted from new sales over to like, how can we, uh, how can we fulfill these contracts that we've already signed with assets that we can not deliver um, for obvious reasons? Like, how do we make that? How do we make our partner happy? How do we reach their business goals? And it, but it all flows through all of us here now, right? So um, that's kind of been the major change on my end is just the uh, the volume of requests that my department sees has just increased exponentially. Um, and then having to deal with people who are now remote and adjusting to it even though I'm adjusted, like trying to schedule meetings, like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta be like on top of those things. Like everyone's learning as they go. And I'm sure that you guys all see the same thing, but you know, it's, it's turned everything on its head. We are in a, an industry, um, not sport, but digital where we can still do a lot of the same stuff, um, no matter where we are. So it's, it's been now an interesting kind of wrench thrown into things, but things are, are kind of moving along. Um, kind of there's, there hasn't been a huge hiccup, on my side, I don't know how you guys have kind of been impacted. Is it similar? Is it different? Yeah, I, I haven't always been on the on the product side in my time with the Wizards, and so coming from more of like the social and digital content side, when I first started with the team, um, the whole concept of working remote is is easy, just because you know when we're on the road with teams, when we have people on the road, um, that kind of stuff. We 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 all have to work from everywhere at some point. Uh, it's just the nature of our sport and our business. Um, but for sure, uh, ha- having to come up with new pieces of content on literally every channel that we own, um, social, digital, mobile app, um, perfect, perfect segue into the, the challenge we're going to talk about, but it's, it's, it has been a really challenging creative time that I think we'll look back on and say, wow, we really came up with a lot in a short amount of time. Uh, but it, it has been fast and furious and the, the partnership aspect of it, having so much out of home and in arena things, um, always in the works and sold it's, it's, uh, it's been playing a lot of catch up, but it has 
it's, it's stretched us to be even more creative than we already, I think all, all feel that we have to be. Yeah. And I think it's, go ahead, Bailey. Uh, I think it's really kind of forced everybody to reevaluate how we're communicating with one another. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed uh, from our internal standpoint is that it's really strengthened a lot of the relationships that I have with my internal partners, whether that be our marketing strategy team or our social content team. Like I'm having daily check-ins now with teams that I otherwise maybe would have gotten the whole group together once a week at most. So, um, you know, it's really forcing people not only to to flex those creative muscles and come up with new ideas, but also just reevaluate the way that we're communicating. And I think in that sense, our organization has has been really good at um, at adjusting and and at strengthening some of those communication channels while we're in this different time. So that's definitely one positive effect that I've seen come out of it from a Madison Square Garden standpoint. I actually saw a report on the news last night that uh, they've done some studies that are showing that people are now being, uh, they said, 40% more productive from home. That percentage seems a little high to me, but um, they did talk about that there's not nearly as many distractions of people popping into offices and meetings that aren't quite as necessary and and, um, being interrupted by just overhearing people walking walking past you or in the cubicle next to you. Um, Are you guys finding that you're more productive at home? And I'm sure your bosses aren't listening if it's not the case. So I have twins. So no, <laughs> <laughs> I would say when I, when I worked, when I first started working remotely, I told everyone like, yeah, I'm going to get a ton more work done now. Um, so on a productivity standpoint, I feel like, yeah, I get a lot of work done because there are less distractions now with everyone being home, my son being two and my wife also working, like finding time to like, who's on, who's watching Lincoln, who's doing this. That's a little bit challenging. But um, the one thing I do miss a lot working remote um, is that like when there's, when we have a problem internally, whether it's uh, like a partner is unhappy with the way that something's happening, but we, we've promised them something, we have to pivot and make them happy and also kind of achieve our goals. I would just get up and walk down the, the hall in the office and sit down and be like, let's just hash it out. Like, just talk to me, tell me what the problem is. I'll tell you what I can do. And like being face to face, even video calls don't really get you kind of, uh, conclusion like it's so much easier to talk things through face to face and be like here's the problem here are potential solutions let's agree and then go off and everyone does their thing with email it's like it gets drawn out in that process that just being with someone would normally take five ten minutes of just like conversation now it just gets drawn out for like a week so that's one of the drawbacks i'm still trying to to figure out the best way to approach it. And I don't know if you guys have any like tips on ways that you've kind of figured it out, but like, I'm still struggling now outside of like my just raw productivity. I sit down and I code or I do whatever, like, yeah, I get more done, but working kind of bilaterally with other groups sometimes is harder when you're trying to figure out like, what is the solution and like work together on it. Right on, Bill. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think there's some things to be said about like nuance and communication, right? So I can see you and how you're communicating with me. Like people don't always remember exactly what you said. What they remember is how you said it and having this here, right? So this kind of dialogue can work um, or being in person works even better if you pick up on all these different cues. So what might come off one way in Slack or, you know, whatever, you can take it three or four different ways. It's a matter of your own mindset. So communication certainly in person is, um, it's a valuable thing. It's something we're kind of missing, but you know, 
it's a, it's a great thing that we're alive today, right? And we, we've got Zoom and all these wonderful tools to, to do these things, um, help facilitate that for us. But so we've been over some of the challenges and stuff that, you know, a lot of the remote work has, you know, imposed on us. But what are you guys doing, you know, to keep your fans engaged, uh, whether that's on the mobile app or, or website? What are the things that you guys have seen uh, really grab traction on your end? Or social media as well. Yeah. I can jump in. Uh, we just had a fan appreciation day yesterday at the Cavs. Uh, and so for that, uh, it was huge across the business in terms of the results that we were able to garner. Uh, so from a team shop perspective, sales were up uh, like astronomically, like <laughs> more sales on that one day than what we did in all of May last year. Um, so there are results from that perspective, uh, from our fans entering sweepstakes. Um, we had a replay of one of our games earlier this year on Facebook Live. Um, so nice. fans engaging there and watching. Um, we had, uh, just in terms of the content that was hitting throughout the day, uh, discounts in the team shop, sweepstakes, um, social contests, uh, other contests uh, within the website. So uh, lots of stuff going on yesterday and had a huge lift of engagement for us. So normally at the Cavs that day is the last day of the season um, and it's focused on you know what happens during the game and what fans can do as well uh, online. But this time it was entirely online and, and uh, really worked for us. Awesome. Beth, were you going to say something too? Yeah, I mean, kind of pivoting off of what Georgia said, we've also done kind of the game rebroadcast. Um, one of the more successful ones that we've had was we kind of revisited Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete's 68-point uh, game back from the 70s. So we kind of build out a whole web presence and, you know, tweeting via social some highlights and different things to that extent. And then, yeah, those have been somewhat successful as far as we've also done our just typical game broadcast from previous this season um, where we would invite, you know, coaches or players to come in and do some extra analysis on top of it. So we had Zion come in and evaluate, you know, some key plays throughout the course of the game, which, you know, did fairly well from our perspective. So our video team has also been working kind of nonstop and we've launched our home team TV, which is kind of appointment, you know, every at noon, we have a new video dropping every day, whether it's, you know, translation Thursday with Nico Melli, or <laughs> we have, you know, fitness Fridays or turned up Tuesdays with TikTok dances from our dance team and stuff. So from a, that perspective, content has been flowing, free flowing <laughs> to an extent and doing fairly well from our perspective. Awesome. I love when, yes. uh, when this all started, I loved how all of us kind of got together in Slack and we're brainstorming, throwing out different ideas and, and, uh, coming up with unique concepts for mobile as well. Micah, can you talk about some of the games that, um, the teams have kind of come up with ideas and kind of who's doing what we'll get to shot clock challenge here in a minute, but there's other things going on as well. Yeah, definitely. I think we rolled out between four to five games and the ones off the top of my head that, that, um, that I can grab onto are certainly the match game. I know a lot of folks, uh, we're interested uh, from the team side on match game. I think there was an art contest, um, bracket challenge. I think there was um, also a hangout with a player. Um, I'm not sure if anybody's actually executed on that because that's a little bit tricky, um, you know, trying to get these guys who might be remote, uh, try to, you know, get a camera in front of them and, and get them going in fans. I'm not sure if we've actually had anybody execute on that, but we did offer it. Um, but I know that, Beth, um, you guys did a match game, and you guys were really active on that one. Um, you want to talk a little bit more about what you guys did there? 
Yeah, I think um, match game, really, we're just looking for other gamification has been a big thing to, you know, drive the engagement on via the app. So anything that, you know, is driving fans and during this at home time where they might just need to, you know, spend some time just kind of off the grid and not watching television or anything like that. But we executed for both teams, Saints and Pelicans, um, took a more draft approach on the Saints side where we were just kind of matching headshots. Think your typical memory game. Um, Definitely easier to match headshots versus logos, just FYI. People are killing it on the Saints side. Pelicans a little more difficult just because of the coloring and uh, stuff like that. But really just seeing kind of an enhancement in, you know, overall engagement when fans, we use our apps primarily for just kind of keeping up with the games and the scoring and the stats aspect for us is very important. So what are the other reasons that we can get people to come into the app and just spend some more time? That's great. And, and I know, Joseph, you've done a few things over uh, in OKC. I, I believe there was a Stephen Adams. I don't think we made this one, but it was like a Stephen Adams game. You guys have done some other things. Can you talk more about that? Uh, we had a uh, vendor locked in for the, you're talking about the Thunder Run game, right? Where yeah. uh, it's just like a eight bit kind of chase game. We had that set aside for award season, and um, once the hiatus started, we we didn't know how long we were going to be out, so we tried to pivot that as fast as we could to just be as simple as possible. You know, going back to what Beth said, just engagement on the app, um, give someone to I don't know, just a reason to come to our app to begin with, since the news cycle kind of had stopped at that point. So. That's and the art contest was really successful with us too. So, I'm sorry. What was that, Joseph? The art contest. Um, we were already going to do something like that, um, but the app gave us another avenue to push fans to um, to submit. What? So it wasn't just social that they're submitting on. So that makes sense. And, and speaking of art contests, I think uh, Georgia. I, I believe you guys were active on that here recently. I, I think you came out a couple of weeks ago with with your own version of that. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so we've gotten a lot of great art from our fans that they've submitted through our uh, Cavs app. Uh, and then we're promoting it on Wallpaper Wednesday. So it goes out through the Cavs uh, social channels. So they kind of get that like social currency, recognition, whatnot, uh, and have been enjoying it. So we'll continue that uh, each week as we go forward. Basically, fans just vote. Um, and then we pick the top ones to, to be uh, shared on social. Awesome. I love that. Um, Micah, talk about the shot clock challenge. I know, I think, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're the one who kind of first came up with the concept of getting all the teams together to do this. And now we've got 16 teams playing in this uh, shot clock challenge over, uh, I guess it's 15 games over five weeks, something like that. Yeah. Well, like, first off, I just want to say a uh, big shout out to, to everybody on here and all the folks who could make it uh, all 16 of those teams, um, which is a, a huge swath of our, you know, of our client list in NBA. And just to have that kind of activation is, is, is a tip of the hat to you guys for being innovative and, and wanting to try new things with us. So, so big shout out to you guys, but yeah, I mean, really the genesis of the, of the whole thing um, is, as we mentioned earlier, we were in Pittsburgh uh, back in mid March, Beth was there as well. We were, I think we were out um, and we were, I was catching a game uh, with one of our clients, I believe at the Panthers and we were watching the basketball game and I know it was the Mavs. I can't remember who they were playing, but you know, I, I see Cuban get out of, out of his seat and he's, you know, he's, he's, he's reacting just very exuberantly. And I'm like, Oh, it must've been a bad call, whatever. That's just, that's just Cuban being Cuban. Um, and, and next thing you know, you've got the, you know, the red ticker at the bottom and you know, Hey, you know, this game is suspended uh, due to the COVID and uh, 19 uh, pandemic. And it was one of those things where it stopped being a, a, like a headline or something you're kind of, you know, catching from the AP 
And now, boom, it's suddenly affecting you and the people you know, and, and, and things are going to be very different going forward. So, you know, in, in those kinds of situations, you know, you, you can't be too reactionary. You got to say, okay, you know, what does this mean for our clients? What does this mean for the NBA? One thing, like I, I'm a, I'm a simpleton. And, and what I did know was basketball was not going to be happening for a while, probably, or some indefinite amount of time. Uh, and, and fans were probably going to be subjected to sitting on their couch and, and being insulated from one another. So what can we do today to help, you know, bring engagement back to not only, you know, the fans at home, but also like, you know, give, give our teams a, a leg to stand on and keep the conversation going. I mean, we were getting right close to the playoff push. So, so what do we do? Um, and the original thought was like, well, if we can't have basketball, like in the stadium, we build mobile apps. Why can't we have basketball just in the app? Like, why can't we do that? And why can't it still be competitive? And so that was kind of the genesis of all of this. Um, but no, you're right, uh, Jeremy, at a high level, basically what it is is a kind of a uh, hoop shoot arcade style game where fans from teams can compete head to head against other teams, just like they would in a normal NBA season and do that in the app. Um, and, and games go every other day and there are a 24 hour period to accommodate for fans across the world, you know, in different time zones. Um, and we essentially, you know, take a composite score of the fans. So it's based on quality of play and not necessarily quantity. So we can, you know, account for differing market sizes and things of that nature. We take that composite score and that's your team score. And that's how the competition essentially lays out. Um, that's at a very high level. I love it. Um, today is day three or game three, I guess, of the 15 game schedule. I want to know which of you guys has the highest personal score yet. And I think I know the answer already because she's been bragging about it on Slack, but I just wanted to see if anyone's caught up to her. Well, what's the score? Let's, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy's talking about me, obviously, yeah. <laughs> guys. Uh, I'm at 74 right now, so Ooh. how you guys been doing? Oh. Uh, you know, I think like 22 maybe if we're talking hard. about like just flicking the, flicking the finger. I figured out a way to like increment my score with code on uh, online, but I'm like, eh, I probably should <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't try to sway it that much. We're we're already doing really really well and scoring a ton of points, so that's a lie. We're that's the thing. I had yeah, I, I had one of my coworkers slack me this morning. Super excited. She was like, woke up, put up twelve points on the shot clock challenge, feeling really good. And I was like, we're gonna have to have some training sessions. I just put up an easy sixty six, so we gotta we gotta get that score up a little bit. You should do like your junior Knicks, like instead of like a little training drill for like dribbling, you should do like a, a shot clock challenge training drill, like some fun workouts or something. Now there's an idea for our uh, virtual summer camps. I call it out employees once we get the stats back. Say, yeah, you need to step that up. <laughs> you might yeah, need to be gonna... benched for this week. You know, just trying to all right, keep keep practice, and we're good. Yeah, but I'm good. up to 68, so I'm I'm closely approaching Braley's score there. So gotta gotta get up on that. Jeez, I'll I'm, say that I'm, I'm amazing in practice mode. I can't be beat. I think I'm like. A high <laughs> There's no clock in practice mode, right? Yeah. When the lights aren't on, when the lights aren't on, it's nice and easy. Uh, that little ticking noise just really gets in your head, right? Phone just freezes up. Sean, you you and Beth are your teams are competing. The Suns and, and Pelicans are competing today in Game Three. And I know. Then, I didn't even realize you used to work with Beth or for Beth. So, yeah. is, uh, are you guys have you been talking trash already this morning, or is, is this your chance right now? 
Uh, I mean, we could. We could start open a whole thing right now, but, you know, we'll, we'll save yeah. that till a little closer to game time. We got, we got I, some time. I believe the, the Pelicans are in first place right now in the standings, so uh, we're coming for the king. And uh, we're not going to miss. So <laughs> I trust uh, the, good, the good people of, of, of Phoenix to uh, make those shots. So You're coming for the Smoothie King. Yes. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> nice pull. Nice pull. <laughs> what have you guys been hearing from your fans uh, about the game? I know you guys have been promoting it uh, like on social and, and a number of other channels. Uh, what have you guys been getting back uh, or even just internally? So one thing last night, uh, I got a screenshot from my, my colleague, but uh, on Facebook during our live watch party, <laughs> um, they were like, hey, Georgia, did you pay somebody to post this? <laughs> but somebody was like, hey, have you guys tried the shot clock challenge yet? We're playing the Bucks tomorrow. Get on it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so we've already seen that, that kind of chatter across social too, which is cool. Yeah, it's been, we've had a couple fans unprompted send us screenshots and be like, what is it that I need to do to help our team? Like, do I need volume or do I need high, like, do I need high score? Like, what is it that I need to do? Um, so it's been a fun, like, it's been a fun byproduct of it to get to make things across all of our channels. You know, we put together a small webpage to explain the rules and have like a download link and all that jazz. So, um, it's been nice to have kind of a comprehensive campaign and to see our fans embrace it too has been really fun. Um, Obviously, you never know how those things are going to go, but um, yeah, so far so good. It's been fun to keep up with, and we're two and zero, so I'm very proud of I'm very proud of Washington, and we need to keep it going. I have a question: Are you guys uh, doing anything to incentivize your fans to play beyond just team pride and trash talking? We're not. Um, we're we don't have it um, sponsored at this point, and we're, that will be sponsored soon um, as kind of a, a pivot for one of our. Our, our sponsors uh we're not incentivizing it because then the uh the legal process would just get a more complex because as soon as prizing gets involved there's just so much other stuff that has to happen behind the scenes before it gets approved especially with the complexity having there be like 16 different entities in it not technically related by the with the nba but like it's there's so many different nuances there that would just make it difficult um if anyone's done it i would love to see how because that would be a good blueprint to try to figure out if we could we haven't but we did talk about uh doing some surprise and delight just from some of the fans that are in there playing a lot or getting those top scores and kind of setting them something we've got a new member of the team keith thank you for joining us from the brooklyn nets how are you doing you want to introduce yourself real quick hi uh, I'm Keith. I manage the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, so pretty much, yeah, been there for about five years. Uh, but pretty excited with the, the app uh, and also excited with the Shot Clock Challenge. Pretty awesome. cool thing. Glad you're able to join us. So what's your personal high score? I'm trying to see if you compete. I think it Bailey was here. Uh, 85. Might have been 85. Oh, we might have a new, a new leader in the house. <laughs> there, there's some other pros on the team, but it, it's not really me, but I'm trying to get there. Wow, that's impressive. Um, Screenshots are didn't happen. Screenshots are didn't happen. Bailey, come on, y'all. I got to drop off. I got to go. I just got to go play for the next three hours now. City ain't big enough for the two of you. It's all about the Tim Duncan bank shot. Yes, it is. 
I think you're right. I haven't figured that out yet, but I think you're right. Uh, Sean, you must have been looking at my notes because my next question actually was going to be if anyone is, uh, has any prizing as part of this. I know there are a couple teams, but I can't remember which ones or if, if any of them are on this call. Anybody on this Zoom offering prizes for fans who have the best scores or anything like that at this point? Uh, in Phoenix, we're planning on uh, once we get back our data from you guys, uh, just looking at the highest scores uh, for our players and uh, naming a MVP of the week. So we'll reach out to that fan and just send them some signed stuff and ask if it's okay if we shout them out on on social. So um, nice, great idea. Just, yeah, four weeks, five weeks, four or five fans. Um, not too much of a commitment for us. So um, I think it's a nice little carrot there so not an official contest that they know they're playing for but a way to reward fans for yeah yeah, yeah. participating that's really cool that's a great idea yeah that is a really great way to go around because like bill said uh, the legal side of you know sweepstakes and all that stuff um can get a little complicated obviously for all of us so um but we are we are hopefully going to go go a route similar to that of just finding finding a few fans, maybe our top, you know, top scorer just to thank them for playing and all that, all that stuff. And we'll have more to come, more to come on our webpage that we made. So nice. And I'm sure that will get more people to want to play as it goes on or, or if we have a season two, which we'll, we'll get to here in a few minutes. But um, a couple of you touched on, on sponsors as well and marketing partners and incorporating them. I know most of you, I think, have a presenting title partner for the Shot Clock Challenge. Um, the Suns is presented by Verizon. Clippers, CarMax. Uh, Cavs are presented by Kia. Knicks, Squarespace. Um, just talk about the response from your sponsors about getting involved in this being able to still interact with fans and have, have a brand presence right now during this time when, again, you don't have games or, or television broadcasts. Anybody? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think Bill said it really well at the beginning of this conversation. Um, obviously, we had a lot of signed contracts that had um, either in arena activations or on-site activations that we couldn't fulfill once um, the hiatus went into place. So I think both our partners and our internal partnerships team were really excited for us to come to them with this idea, like basically served up on a silver platter by the InScam team. Um, obviously, we're, we're all scrambling to, to come up with creative ideas to be able to serve to these partners that still need some of those activations fulfilled upon. So um, Squarespace was really excited on our end. Our partnerships team was really excited. Um, we did explore a prizing element, but ran into some similar um, legal uh, implications that, that made that difficult. But overall, uh, just really, really excited to have something to be able to package up to them quickly uh, that that our marketing partnerships team could push out to different partners. And like I said, Squarespace has been really excited about the opportunity. So for you guys who have um, like presenting partners of the entire app, like we do, we have DraftKings as our presenting partner of the app. Do you guys have uh, like the Shot Clock Challenge? Is that sponsored by that same sponsor or do you have you kind of sold it to somebody else and just like separated the two basically so uh like jeremy said verizon um is our presenting partner of the shot clock challenge it's the verizon shot clock challenge um but uh i guess kind of as bill you alluded to um they are our presenting partner of our whole app so it just kind of was a 
um, made good throw in uh, for us. I did, we didn't sell it uh, separately or anything, but they are excited to be included on it though. Quick fun fact there. Um, back when I was with the Suns and we were looking at doing an app, um, it was actually someone from Verizon who introduced us to Priya at Yinscam. So um, that's how we became the first uh, NBA client of Yinscam because of Verizon. So pretty cool to see that they're still uh, presenting the app all these years later. Wow, small world. Yeah, I didn't know, yeah. didn't know that history. Anybody else there have a situation where you have a different title partner for the app versus the game itself? Yeah, we do uh, at the Cavs because uh, Westfield powers the app uh, and then the game uh, is driven by Kia. So it's essentially yeah, got- kind of piecing it out. You got your title and then the pieces within it. Yeah. And that's what we're approaching too. Um, you know, we've got DraftKings as the presenting partner of the entire app. Um, it, and it's not uh, the challenge we're running into isn't so much like having DraftKings be okay with us having someone else in the app as a different section. That's fine. The challenge is actually uh, the contract that we have signed that everywhere that we talk about the mobile app, we have to say that it's presented by DraftKings. So if we start saying the draft, like the shot clock challenge presented by someone else in the Celtics app presented by DraftKings, just to put that out on social is just like a massive chunk of your character account on Twitter or Facebook, whatever. It's like, how do we, the, the challenge is like, all right, if we do sell it, how do we then like to kind of advertise it and not make it just like, okay, this is a blatantly an ad, not just an ad, but two ads in my face, this thing. Like you want to also like fans are scrambling for anything to do right now. So people will play it regardless, but how do we not make it seem like we're forcing sponsors at them? You know, that's always a challenge too. And when it's just yeah. the contract specifically says we have to call it DraftKings and then we got trying to get the shot clock challenge sponsored and then out on social to get people into the app. Like how do we do that and not make it look just like dumb, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's, that's always, there's, there's always a fine line there to give the sponsors the, the proper attention and, and not make it too clunky as well. Um, right. Good point. Um, I think my favorite part of this whole thing, obviously the game is a lot of fun and the competition between you guys is a lot of fun, but it's just been cool seeing everybody working together on this. Um, I think a lot of probably fans, people on the outside don't realize that, uh, NBA teams or the same thing in the NFL, but NBA teams really work together on a lot of these things. Um, we're, we're, we are rivals on the court, um, if you will, but, um, we're not really rivals in terms of like competing, um, trying to get a different city's fans to download our app and participate in our social media. So it, it actually helps us all if we're working together. So, um, I love that you guys are all sharing practices and ideas and bouncing stuff off each other. Can any of you talk about that aspect? Joseph, maybe your, your thoughts on, on, uh, sharing and sharing ideas and learning from each other. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, I mean, you guys were instrumental in starting that conversation right off the bat. Um, and we leaned on you guys to kind of, present that to us and it helped us take it internally and share that. Um, cause I feel like, I think Bill touched on this. Um, we kind of trip over ourselves a little bit and it's kind of hard to get people in the same room together to talk about an activation, you know, at this scope. So having Yins cam drive that conversation and let teams, you know, chime in um, and, and kind of fine tune that to their own teams was really instrumental there early on. So. Well, I, I appreciate that. I wasn't fishing for pats on the back for Yin's camp, but, right, right. but no, but it's something that I've always appreciated about the NBA that you guys uh, are, learn from each other and are, are, are always willing to, um, you know, share ideas and, and explain how you did things. Um, I think that's really valuable. It makes everybody better. I think. 100%. It's unique. It's a unique industry that we 
get to be against each other when we're on social media, but then like at league meetings and everything like that, there's, there's no harm in, in asking people how they did this or how they did that. And, you know, success in our own markets can be achieved similarly and, and kind of figuring it out. So it's, it, it is the best part about working in this industry, no doubt. Yeah, for yeah, sure. And I think we right. all go through a lot of the same challenges as well. So if somebody has figured out a great solution for, you know, a problem that five other teams may be experiencing the exact same thing and why not, again, improve the league as a whole as opposed to, you know, to accomplish those goals. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's not like example is- a fans in Boston see the Thunder put out a really good activation. They'd be like, well, I'm a Thunder fan now. Like, it's not going to happen, right? <laughs> uh, so the, I guess the only market has to worry about that is L.A. and New York. So Knicks and, uh, and Nets, you guys have at it. But for us, it's kind of it's all collaboration outside of the, the, the court stuff. Well, makes the end product better because I remember early on in Slack um, when this whole conversation started. I think it was the Knicks that brought up, you know, how are we surprising? How do we how do we get that data from Ian's Cam in order to pick a winner? And that started a whole chain of conversation of you know, after a game, after a week, you know, how do we do prizing? So. I don't know if you guys all see each other's faces in the same position on Zoom, but I really liked how when Bill just mentioned the Knicks and, and Nets, uh, Keith like looked up like 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 in the Brady Bunch where they look up at his his uh, his sister Bailey there in the corner. So that, that was that was a nice touch. It's all love. You guys are There's no secret here. It's all love. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll wrap this up here uh, in a minute. We've gone longer than I expected, so I apologize if I'm keeping you guys from other uh, other Zooms with your coworkers. But uh, Micah. How are we going to determine the shot clock challenge champions at the end of this? That's the question, right? You really put me on the hot seat. I don't think um, we've heard anything definitively uh, from you guys about, you know, what your thoughts are on, you know, post, you know, season one. What we do know today is, you know, we'll run the full 15 game season. Um, And obviously there's going to be somebody probably at the top in terms of a win loss column. you know, I think you can take that uh, any way you want. If you want to say, "Hey, our, our team finished number one, and, and that's that, we're we're champs," and, and no, and no, you know, no dispute about it. That's one thing. But you know, there's, you know, what about a tournament? I mean, that's been batted around. I think you know, externally and also internally, um, and no designs have been made on that yet. Um, but I would, I would love to hear like what y'all think about. You know, is there a season two? Is there a playoff? Like, what do you guys want to see out of this um, after just you know the 15 game season's over? Playoffs of a virtual parade and a ring. Wow. That's, that's a steep price. I like it. An AR ring. All distributed at the summit next year for, (laughs) you know, whole, whole production. That's right. On stage presentation. We need the whole thing. I like that. I'll just yeah, uh, scribing that out for Priya now, and I'll, I'll, I'll set it on. Now. Yeah, yeah, I wonder how much Adam Silver charges for appearances. Have <laughs> him show up. I, uh, I, I mean, I think we we've all kind of acknowledged the uh, the challenges related to individual prizing for each of our teams. So, um, you know, I'm excited just to see how this first season plays out, and I think if we can find some collective incentive whether that be changing the format of the competition or adding a playoff element. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And uh, clearly we've collaborated very well on this. I'm just looking forward to uh, where we can take it moving forward. I should do like at the end of the, uh, at the end of the shot clock challenge, whoever the winner is, 
their team's colors become the colors for every Yinscam app for the next week. Ooh. Just to really throw people off. <laughs> wow. Those are pretty high stakes. I'm not sure if we can swing that one. Stakes but are high. Yeah, a lot of questions. Very high. With upper management. Speaking of partners, we might have some partners that have some objections to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll traffic that one internally and see see what people think. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody has a home white, so right? So just right. across the board and that's if, if quarantine wasn't an issue, we could have the best fan from each team go to, or I guess like compete in a, um, like a, like a tournament of champions and uh, really throw down the gauntlet. I like that. I even thought uh, this may be too difficult, but I even thought it'd be fun if each team got like one of their actual players to compete for a day against, against the other one player from, uh, you know, every other team, but that may be too logistically difficult, but (laughs) could be fun. Uh, Okay. So we'll wrap up with one more question. Um, What's next for you guys in your mobile apps? Do you have any big plans looking ahead to next season that anybody is uh, wants to share? You may, you may want to keep that in your, under your vest, but. No, but uh, okay. We, I, well, I know we uh, we're looking at push notification, just like amplifying kind of what we do there. Interesting little tidbit with we we just launched this like Celtics Connect hub for all Celtics content, so you don't miss anything. Blah 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 blah. We sent out um, emails about it. We sent out push notifications and everything. And I looked at the analytics uh, a couple of days ago. Interestingly enough, of all the traffic to that page, like 37% of it was through the mobile app. And that's not like just mobile website as the mobile app itself. So that the rest of that, like the rest of that hundred percent was made up for people on the website on their desktops and on their phones. So that, that right there indicates not so much that people are just using the app to, to browse our stuff more that the push notifications are actually working and awesome. they're reaching people and they're actually like tapping through and visiting the page. So my next thing is like, okay, great. That's awesome. Now that we know that people are using it more and like it's a sizable number, how do we then pivot that to like get people to do what we want? Basically like go visit sponsored pages and different things like that. So I think that's a major focus going into next season is just like really getting a handle on, how our push notifications are reaching people and figuring out the best way to like reach people where they are and just like get them to do what we want them to do basically. I think a major hurdle is that it's becoming increasingly likely, if not inevitable that uh, we won't have fans at our games for at least a portion of next season. So um, trying to figure out how we can, leverage the digital space for, um, I guess, to, to bring fans closer to, closer to games that they can't actually be to, whether that's through VR and AR um, or other kinds of experiences. So uh, it's, it's really anybody's guess as to where the world will be and when and where we'll be playing basketball and who can see the, those games. But um, I think uh, as digital technology experts like everyone on this call is uh, will be leaned on to kind of be the vision and the voice of, of, of change and then also the brains to be able to activate those changes. So, yeah, we'll be yeah, interesting yeah, to I, see. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bailey. Sorry. No, I just, I, I think to Sean's point, um, you know, even when we do get fans back, that whole in arena experience has the potential to look completely different. So um, on the MSG side, we, we have our Knicks app and then uh, obviously we also own the Rangers and uh, 
they have their own team app. And then we have a venue app as well. We have a Madison Square Garden venue app. So a big, big conversation for us right now is how do those apps work together and what are we prioritizing and what lives where, especially as our industry continues to shift and we see how some of that plays out when we do actually start to get fans back into arenas. So um, that's going to be a huge focus for us this season. Yeah, obviously a lot, a lot of unknowns at the moment, but um, I will wrap up there because I've kept you guys a lot longer than I expected. And I think I've only got an hour on this Zoom and I started a few minutes early, so I don't want us to get cut off. But I just want to thank you all so much, not only for your support of, uh, of Yinscam and everything that we do, but for taking time out of your day today. Um, I know you all have work to do. So the fact that you took an hour out to uh, talk about the Shot Clock Challenge and, and trash talk a little bit back and forth uh, means a lot to us. So thank you guys so much. Really appreciate all your support.